basics. Uh, the title of my message this morning is Basics is the New Sexy. <laughs> basics is the New Sexy. All right. Daniel chapter 6 verse 1 says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors of whom Daniel was one of them. Think about that for a minute. An, an entire kingdom. This, this, is, this kingdom right now is literally uh, a, a global empire. It is, it is the, the ruling power of the earth at that particular time. And at that particular time, uh, when Darius inherits the, the, the kingdom from Nebuchadnezzar, then down to his son, uh, Belteshazzar, and from Belteshazzar now to Darius, Darius takes over the kingdom, and it's so big, he has to divide it into 120 regions. Over those 120 regions, he puts three governors. One of those three governors was a slave captive, was a, was a kid that was brought in as a, as a captive of Judah, who was brought in as a second-class citizen and has risen to the top. And then it says this, um, then this Daniel ex distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit, not because a whining spirit, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the entire realm. The king thought of setting him over the entire realm. He has all the wrong qualifications of nationality, ethnicity, background, status, history. Has All of those things are, are against him. But because he has an excellent spirit, the king says, this is the guy because whenever Daniel is, I can sleep. Whenever Daniel, I can, I don't have to worry. Whenever Daniel's on guard, whenever Daniel's on duty, whenever Daniel is at work, whenever Daniel is up, Peace comes to my realm. He doesn't bring me problems. He solves problems. He's a problem solver. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or fault because he was, because he was, because he was faithful. Because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, Aha, uh -huh, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Now, I, I, the reason that I'm, I've jumped onto this passage was obviously, yes, it was in my uh, daily Bible reading while I was down under and it just leapt out. But also because you're going to find the, the parallels to what is happening here is happening in the world. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and they said to the king, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom and the administrators and satraps, councillors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute. And to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man... For 30 days, except you, O king, we kind of see you as a god, really, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree, sign it in writing, so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medan Persians, which does not alter. 
Therefore, King Darius signed the decree. So in other words, they're flattering him. They're saying, King, we see you as a god. He's like, well, really? <laughs> Thank you. And so, you know, and they're like, well, why don't you, and we, we all got together. All of us, you know, unanimously agreed. It was unanimous, darling. Then all of us got together and we thought, why, why, why not just make it a law for the next 30 days? No one's allowed to pray to any other god but you. I mean, you're the god of gods, darling. And so he's like, oh, well, I'm quite flattered. Bring it, bring it to me and I'll sign it. And so he signs it. So once it's signed into power, so now watch this. So Darius signs the decree. Now they had a thing that once something was signed into power, not even the king himself could undo it that he was bound to whatever was, was signed into power. It was a way that they protected from tyranny. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He was a long, long way from Jerusalem. He was living in Babylon. He was a long long way from Jerusalem. But even though he was physically distant, his heart, his heart was still for the city of God. He knelt down on his knees three times that day and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying. <gasps> what? And making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered, the thing is true. Yeah, I remember signing something. You brought it to me. According to the Medes and Persians, and which does not alter. So they answered, oh, king, Daniel, who is one of the captives. Let us just remind you. You want to put him over? He's one of the captives from Judah. He does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the degree that you, decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Got his lawyers, got his attorneys. Is there a caveat? Is there, is there some way we can get out? And... There was nothing. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians. See how they're manipulating the authority, manipulating the constitution against the will of the, the king? Know that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command. They brought Daniel and they cast him into the den of lions. What a tragedy. What a travesty. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Wow. There's, a, there's a pagan king. He sees something in Daniel. He sees something in Daniel's devotion that he literally puts Daniel into a lion den with a prophetic word. That God brings a prophetic word out of a pagan king. He says, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid at the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords. And the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. And no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. 
When he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice, Daniel. Oh, sorry, lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke saying, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, continually been able to deliver you from the lions? There should have been nothing. There should have just been maybe uh, like a little grumble from, from uh, but instead, then Daniel said, O king. So the king, Daniel, has your God been able to? O king, live forever. The voice comes out of the cave. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in his God. No injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in his God. No injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in his God. Because he believed in his God. He believed in his God more than he believed that the hungry lions would surely tear him to pieces. These things were starved. These things were put in there, starved to death. He was fresh meat dropped in there. He believed in his God. He didn't believe his circumstances. He believed in his God. And the king gave command and they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the... I love God. The God that you and I serve is a God of justice. And so... They cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, their wives, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote, interesting, their wives and their children. When, when, when people set their hearts against the men of God, against godliness, against the righteous, it never goes, it always brings destruction over their children. Then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in the earth. Now I want you to, he's, he's the, the ruling power of the earth. He writes a letter to some of the peoples, excuse me, to most of the peoples. No, hang on. To, to all peoples, to all nations. How many people know that all nations means all nations? All languages that dwell in all the earth. This is the letter. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For this God is the living God, steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. His dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. And he has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius in the, and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Literally, can the world be saved in a day? In one day, the entire world hears from the ruler that there is no God. That if you're going to, this is the God that you worship because of one man's action. So the title of my message is "Basics is the New Sexy." Basics is the new sexy. I've been thinking a lot about this. You know, when you go into into um, a bookstore, there's a self help section. Self-help section. And while I think there's some great books and some, you know, some great pieces and some great thoughts in there, and I honestly believe that there's an element where you've got to actually want help. You know, 
like you've got to want to, to, you know, it starts with, you know, yourself wanting to get out of the rut, get out of the hole, get out of the, but, but self-help by itself always leads to idolatry. Self-help by itself always leads to idolatry because it was self-help that, that the children of Israel said, hey, as for this Moses guy, we don't even know what's happened to him. Come, let us choose another leader and let us make for ourselves gods that we may worship them. And then they got, you know, Aaron to get all the gold and they made two golden calves and they said, here, children of Israel, these are the gods that delivered you. That was self-help. Self-help always leads to idolatry. Now, I, I think motivation is an important thing. But be careful of the motivational speakers. Be careful of the motivational, because it, it's, it's it gets you pumped. But you can, you can be motivated, but have the wrong motivations. You, you, oh, man, that, that guy's a boss. Is he, is he a boss or is he just greedy? Oh, that guy, man, he, 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 man, he's hustling. Oh, he's out. Is he hustling or is he driven by ambition? And will, 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 will the fruit be train wreck after train wreck after train wreck after train wreck of relationships of all the people that it, it, it looks like? It, it, here, basics. Basics is the new sexy. Daniel... The Bible says prospered in the reign of Darius and then prospered in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So that means Daniel prospered in Nebuchadnezzar, prospered in Belteshazzar, prospered in Darius, and then prospers in Cyrus. Four successive kingdoms, four successive administrations, four successive. Each one of them, you find Daniel is relegated back to one of the captives from Judah, but rises. So in just a few moments I have with you, I want to give you the, the, the same basics that Daniel had, that if these things are in you and I, we will flourish. The first one is an excellent spirit. The first one is an excellent spirit, an excellent spirit. Night of Christmas rocked the city. I, I, I felt there was a, a, a tremor. There was a... It, Annika and the team, she carries a spirit of excellence. Because she carries a spirit of excellence, there wasn't one direction that you looked on that night and it wasn't excellent. If you looked at the choir, it was excellent. When you looked at the stage, it was excellent. When you looked at the graphics, and the, it was excellent. When you looked at the lighting, it was excellent. When you looked at the costumes, it was excellent. The, the dress, the garments, no matter which, when you listened, it was excellent. The, the venue was excellent. We could have done that event and tried tried to replicate it in our church, it wouldn't have been the same, but because it was the most excellent venue with the most excellent spirit, we had the most excellent result. It impacted the city because of a spirit of excellence, because of a spirit of excellence. Last night, PFA had their graduation, and another person who carries a spill of excellence is Hallie. Where is beautiful Hallie? Hallie, would you stand up, darling? Hallie carries a spirit of excellence. She found a venue downtown, and the, the, the photos that I saw this morning were just exceptional because you have an excellent spirit. 
You have an excellent spirit. One of, one of the moments, one of the many moments that moved me to tears on Saturday night was to, to, to see the song we sang this morning, Oh, What a Beautiful Night, Thomas Julio. But it was because I was able to trust a man by the name of Pastor Mike Yeager, who carries a spirit of excellence. Our new album has a spirit of excellence on it. Every song drips with excellence because Mike carries a spirit of it. When you carry a spirit of excellence, now let me just tell you, the world demands excellence, but God alone deserves excellence. The world demands excellence, but, but God alone deserves excellence. So Psalm 8 verse 1 says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. The problem is for so long the church has, has not done a, a, a good job with being excellent. We've, well, you know, we just don't have the money. We don't have the budget. We don't have the, and so we've made all these excuses. And you need to understand if you have an excellent spirit, you'll always have, have finance coming. But nobody's going to fund mediocre. Nobody's going to fund, you know, rough enough is good enough. I had no idea, no idea when we moved here uh, 17 years ago. It was in the very, very first year. My office was Starbucks, even though it took probably Leanne a few months to get me to drink coffee. She said that me drinking hot chocolate wasn't a manly thing. I'll have a hot chocolate, please. And um, they did offer me jobs at Starbucks. But, uh, but I, remember, I remember, you know, when you're there all day dr drinking hot chocolates, you've got to go to the restroom. And going into the, and, and I, I remember being in there going, oh my gosh, like public restrooms, hello, somebody needs to clean. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to clean. I ain't clean it. That's somebody else's pee and poop. I ain't cleaning. Uh uh uh. And then the Holy Spirit said, well, then how can I trust you to clean up the mess of a city if you can't even clean up the mess in a little bathroom? Because how you do anything is how you do everything. How you do anything is how you do everything. Listen, if you're unfaithful in what is least, you'll be unfaithful with much. If you're unfaithful in private, you can't be faithful in public. It'll always come out. There's no two yous. The, 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 man, the man who has a, a, a mechanic yard who, who works on cars, who knows that it's a $100 fix to replace a valve or a filter or whatever, but knows that that's not really going to, he could, because you don't know what's under the, the hood, so he can kind of hoodwink you into, yeah, you know, it was the, uh, the alternator and the, it was the, the you know, the, the, the cosmic galution connect that needed replacement. Oh, I didn't know I had a cosmic galution. Yeah, yeah, it's a brand new thing. It's a brand new thing. going to be a thousand. So he, he can do that and he can make money, but what he loses... What he, he, he begins to, to, to lose character, he begins to lose. He, he's now got to always operate in that realm. And it'll affect his marriage. If, if he's cheating here, he's going to end up cheating in his marriage. He's going to be cheating. The little compromises, the little compromises on the way. I, and I, I, I didn't realize at the time. I, I, I would come out of Vaughn's. I would come out of Ralph's and and go to my car and somebody's left their, 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 their cart up on the, up on the curb. And, it's the, and I'm like, ah. Oh. And the Holy Spirit's like, you move. I, what, why are you? There are other people. 
And, but no, I've got to put it back there. I didn't realize at the time it's because God was saying, I, I need you to do these little things that seem insignificant. But it's actually how a spirit of excellence is built. It's, it's not excellent for it to be up on an edge here. It's, it's not excellent. Giving, giving the last pour of a good bottle of wine to somebody else when you prefer it and opening a lesser bottle for yourself. You can't tell us red is red is a spirit of excellence. Giving the better cut of meat to somebody, spirit of excellence. The spirit of excellence is, there's a price to excellence. Not, not everybody carries it, but everybody has access to it. When you have a spirit, the Bible says, the Bible says, and the king sought to set Daniel above everybody else because an excellent spirit was in him. My Liani has an excellent spirit. When, when, when we're coming in to cherish, I feel so convicted because she has got all these garments out. I'm like, well, what are all these? Well, these are all on consignment. Whichever ones I don't like, I'm going back. But uh, this is going to be my outfit on the first night. This is going to be my outfit in the morning. This is going to be my outfit. I'm like, wow, I don't even think out. And she's like, yeah, because I'm going to be on the platform. And what I'm trying to model, when I look at the... the you know, I had the privilege of being there this year at Cherish. And when I saw the way our girls were dressed, it, it really impacted me because maybe, maybe 5%, 10% at the most were dressed that well 10 years ago. But to see almost from front to back, women wearing their best, women with their hair and their makeup and the jewelry and every it was just so beautiful. And you could see a spirit of excellence. Spirit of excellence is in the way you dress. It's in the way you carry yourself. It's in, it's in the, the way you keep your car. If you've got bottles and trash and junk and, and stuff in the bottom of your car and it's been there for weeks, Stop it. You're losing an excellent spirit. Get an excellent spirit. Get that thing clean. Excellence costs a little bit. Take it and get it detailed. Take and get it washed. My wife has an excellent spirit. I would not have an excellent spirit. I, I would settle much lower on the bar because it's a lot cheaper. But because I'm married to a woman with an excellent spirit, she says, I ain't getting in this car if it doesn't smell good and if it doesn't have so she keeps me online an excellent spirit an excellent spirit will cause you to elevate and flourish no matter where you are you don't need to go to a, a Tony Robbins seminar and walk on hot coals I walked on hot coals well done Jack Wagon what you need is an excellent spirit an excellent spirit will elevate you above number two number two the Bible says because he was faithful faithfulness faithfulness is it may not be that sexy, but I'm telling you, faithfulness is what God promotes on. Well done, good and faithful. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you, come on somebody, I will make you ruler. He was just faithful. Faithfulness is, is the greatest elevating. It's the greatest graduating. It is the greatest promotional piece in your hand. If you have a spirit of excellence and you have a spirit of faithful. Now I've got, I got five, but these are just two. 
If you just have these two, you are on your way to promotion. There, there is no kingdom in the world. This is a Babylonian kingdom. This isn't a Christian kingdom. He's not working for, for Awakened Church or Hillsong. He's working for the king of Babylon. He's working for a pagan empire. And yet a spirit of excellence and a spirit of faithfulness causes him to, to rise. Faithfulness is always tested in stewardship. You and I never, ever, ever get away from stewardship. Well done, good and faithful. I gave you five talents and you produced five more. Now I'm going to make you ruler over 10 cities. In other words, you're going to now be responsible for 10 cities because you were responsible over here. You're going to be responsible over there because you stewarded well five talents. You're now going to We never graduate from stewardship. God gave Adam a vision to fill the earth and multiply and subdue and exercise dominion. And then he plants Adam in a garden. Why would he plant him in a garden? Because God is trying to say to him, how you do anything is how you do everything. I need you to understand you can't be faithful in much unless you learn to be faithful with a little. And because Adam was unfaithful in a little, he lost the opportunity to be unfaithful with much. But God put him in the garden of Eden to steward the garden, to tend and to keep the garden. Well, this isn't my dream. This isn't my vision. This is, a, you know, I've got a calling for global success and global missions. And, and here I am looking after a gun. I feel like a zookeeper. I didn't sign up to be a zookeeper and a gardener. I got a weed. I got a, well, you know what, Adam, it, it starts here. Wherever you are right now, God is watching you. God is with you. He wants to know, can you be faithful? And the first area of faithfulness is, can you be faithful with what is least? What is least appealing? What is least important? What has the least amount of profile? I'm, you know, one day I want to be on the platform, but you know, right now I'm just behind the scenes. I'm telling you, can you be a faithful steward? Can you be fruitful? Because faithfulness and fruitfulness always go hand in hand. If someone says they're faithful and they're not fruitful, they're not faithful. Faithfulness always results in fruitfulness. If you can't be faithful, fruitful with what is least, with what belongs to somebody else. I heard, I heard somebody say, in fact, it was Pastor Phil Pringle said this, and I've never gotten away with it, John. I, those, those moments where you wish you didn't hear it. He said, faithfulness is how you treat a rental car. It's a rental car. Let's do that. It's a rental car. It's not mine. And then I hear that and I'm like, oh, shoot. Raphael's amen and good boy. Faithful and unrighteous mammon. Number three, prayer. Devotional life. Let me just say this. It's a little bit naughty. Let me just say this. When they signed the decree that nobody could petition any God except you, O King, for 30 days, do you know how many woke pastors would have defended that? Yeah, woke, woke pastors would have been, they probably hadn't prayed for the last 30 days. Hmm. Oh, it's another 30 days. We just got to abide by the law. Like Daniel, as soon as he heard it was written, Soon as he heard, he says, goes home, opens the window, gets down and prays three times. Not once, three times. Not with the window closed so no one could hear, with the window open. 
He, he, he was making a decision. I ain't going one day without prayer. And when you start making laws, when you start making laws that, that, that are against the kingdom, we have the right to disobey those laws. So Daniel recognizes that all promotion, Psalm 75 uh, says it in verse 6 and 7, that promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. Promotion comes from the Lord. So how, how's your life going to elevate if you're not connected to heaven? Everything that Leanne and I have, everything we have has come through prayer. It's come through prayer. The, the, the reason we wrote push is because we recognize ain't nobody giving you stuff. Nobody's, you know, turning up and giving us churches and giving us buildings and giving us leaders and giving us. It's prayer. If you don't have a prayer life, you, you don't have an act, you, you, you don't have, yeah, a portal to, to, for elevation. Your elevation is in your prayer. Timothy, wage the good warfare by the prophecies previously made. Everything that you and I have comes through prayer. It's birthed in prayer. It's sustained in prayer. It's established in prayer. We advance in prayer. We believe in prayer. Prayer is how we shift things. Somebody say amen. Number four is the word. Which word lives in you? Which word lives in you? God said to me many years ago, if you live in my word, my word will live in you. If you will live in my word, my word will live in you. There are two camps in the world. Camp number one is God has said. Camp number two is has God said. In Genesis 3, the devil says, has God said. That's where we live. We live in the world. But Daniel doesn't go into the lion's den alone. He goes into the lion's den where the word of the Lord. God even causes a pagan king to say, Daniel, servant of the most high God, your God whom you serve, whom you're faithful to, he will deliver you. And then the king's like, man, what the heck did I just say? Because he's trying to fight all night. He's trying to find, is there a caveat? Is there a way that we can get him out? And then in the morning, Daniel has your God. But Daniel went in there believing the word of God. The Bible says that Daniel was saved because he believed. Daniel was saved because he believed. What is on the inside of you? When, when push comes to shove, when the pressure hits, when disappointment happens, when adversity strikes, what's on the inside of you? We are determined that I don't care what the temperature is outside, what the circumstances, who the president is or who the governor is or how corrupt our elections are, we will continue to put the word of the Lord in people. We will continue to put a word in people that delivers them from the agenda of the wicked and the destructive plans that devil has for you. The lion's mouths will be shut over your life because we're going to put the word in people and encourage people to believe the word of God. When we believe the word of God, great things happen. And when men sign decrees that violate the word of God, then I want you to know that you have a duty and an obligation to say, listen, we actually obey a higher law than the laws of men. We actually obey higher words than the words of men. Which word lives in you? And the last one, number five, was courage. Courage. God does his greatest work with courage. When we had the courage to open up, when we had the courage to defy county orders, when we had the courage to, 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 to worship when they said you can't sing in church, when we had the courage, it was courage that God blesses. Every single victory in the Bible, 
that what God looked for in men was courage. Joshua be strong and courageous. When men rise in courage, God rises in might and God rises in power. Let's be more courageous. Basics is the new sexy. Basics is the new sexy. An excellent spirit. Come on, stand to your feet. An excellent spirit. Lift your hands high to heaven. Lift your hands high to heaven. Say, Heavenly Father, I want an excellent spirit. Let an excellent spirit fill my life. Heavenly Father, I want to walk in faithfulness. Here I am, your servant, your faithful servant. Heavenly Father, I don't want just a prayer time. I want a prayer life. Heavenly Father, today, I will live in your word so that your word lives in me. Heavenly Father, today, I choose to be courageous. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God a great shout. Thank you, Miss Shauna. Wow. I love that we're getting back to basics. All the good things. All right, we've got one announcement, Pastor Summer. (laughs) 